I am a girl. girl. Bright, able, outspoken, soft-spoken, serious, spirited, adventurous, curious, and, and strong. strong. I am me. I follow. I lead. I learn. I teach. I change my clothes, my hair, my music, my mind. I have a voice that speaks. Ideas to stand on. And, and a world to step up to. I matter. And so does she. She may look different and talk different, but she is like, like me. She's a girl. And together we will rise up. Because while we're strong, together we we are stronger and, and together, together our voices will change our world you see a girl we see the future my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad about it. So good to have each of you, my brothers and sisters, to share with us on this Lord's day. God is great and he is so greatly to be praised. You know what we need you to do. Go ahead and share this with your neighbors and your friends. Let them know that you are watching K-Chapel Live and you want them to be a part of this service. This service, it's going to be too good for you to keep to yourself. So go ahead, hit that share button, share it with your neighbors and your friends right now. You know, we are uh, honing in on Christmas Day. Christmas is next Friday, and we're about to celebrate our Lord and Savior's birth, and, and what a big day it is, as we should celebrate in, in grand style. That was a big deal that Jesus Christ came after so many years of prophet prophetic word from Isaiah and Malachi. Jesus was making his long-anticipated arrival, and that, that was a big deal. He had been prophesied for over 700 years to come. And, and the Jews were waiting anxiously for the Messiah to make, to make his arrival. And now he was coming. And he was coming through a simple, ordinary girl. Her name was Mary. You know, God, God has a track record of using ordinary people to do big things. 
And if God did that for Mary, I'm absolutely convinced that God is still doing great, marvelous, and big things right now. Why don't you let him do something big in your life? Let's go! The Bible says that eyes haven't seen, ears ain't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God is about to get ready to do in this season. So if you believe in God for anything, listen, this song right here is for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I believe. It's my season. Oh, I believe. Yeah, it's my time. It's your time. Say, I can feel whole breakthroughs in the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, anticipating. God's who getting ready to move. Yeah, listen. Oh, I know. Working miracle, just for and it's gonna be, yeah. Hey, anybody believe that today? And it's gonna be, gonna be, gonna be. Hey, God's about to blow my mind. Come on, we shout this over the atmosphere. Morning, K Chapel. I pray everyone is well this morning and is ready to go into worship. Um, I am Deacon Shelton, and I will be reading for you this morning. Um, the scripture is coming from Luke 1, beginning at the 46th verse, going to the 55th verse. And it reads And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit have rejoiced. In God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath shown strength with his arm. He had scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He had put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He had filled the hungry with good things and the rich he had sent empty away. He had helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. 
as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. May God have a blessing to the hearers, readers, and doers of his holy word. Now it's time to go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now this morning, just thanking you and praising you for being God. Lord, we thank you for watching over us as we slept and slumbered, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for all the many blessings you have given unto us. And now, God, we're asking that you just send down your anointing upon your people, God. God, we ask that you prepare our hearts for worship, prepare our minds to receive the word from the man of God this morning, God. God, allow those words in this sermon and this message just to saturate our souls and so we could be able to apply it to our daily lives, God. Lord, we just ask that you continue to work on us and make us shining examples of your grace and your mercy. All these blessings we ask in your darling son Jesus' name, and we all say, amen. What an awesome God we serve. You know, God has done so many wonderful, marvelous, and great things in our lives. This is an opportunity where we can thank him for being the good, awesome, and wonderful God that he is. You know, there are any number of ways that you can give in this, our tithe and offering period. You can give by texting to the number that's on your screen. You can give by way of our church app. You can always mail your offering or drop it off at the office. But whatever you do, we want you to give so regularly, liberally, and cheerfully because God still loves a cheerful giver. God has done anything great in your life. Why don't you do something good for him right now? We're going to go back and get this oldie, but goodie. He has done great things for me. the offering. Father God, we come to you again the most humble way we know how, God. God, we just want to say thank you for blessing us with fruits that we probably did not deserve, God, but we thank you right now, God. Lord, we like to like to ask that you just bless those that gave, bless those that had a desire to give and had not, God. 
God, we ask that you take these blessings so we can use it for the edification of your kingdom and the uplifting of your people, God. We also ask that you take these blessings and multiply them 40, 60, and 100-fold, God. God, we love you, we lift you up, and we'll forever give your name all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. God bless you and keep you is our prayer. Listen, we are making our way uh, to Friday, the day that we celebrate our Lord's birth. And so many things are being planned. And I know that you have some great plans uh, with family and friends, safe plans uh, as we celebrate our Lord's birth. We want to remind you of things that are happening here things that you can anticipate and how you can arrange your calendar and your schedule uh, so that you can participate in the things that we have planned for you here. I want to remind you on Wednesday, on Wednesday, we normally have our Bible study, but we won't have Bible study uh, this Wednesday. Actually, we're going to be taking off for a few weeks. We will resume our virtual Bible study on January 6th. So we'll take off a few weeks, uh, enjoy that time, uh, and, and we will resume on January 6th. On Thursday, Thursday, a couple of things are going to be happening for our Christmas Eve celebration. Beginning at 1.30 p.m., uh, you can come by the church and pick up uh, a Christmas Eve plate uh, or plates for your family. Uh, dinner is being pre prepared uh, by our deacons, Deacon uh, Irving and Deacon Luster. Uh, some of our deaconess are, are helping and assisting to serve uh, those who are in need in our community and church family. Uh, but there will be some plates available for those of you who just want to come and pick up a few plates. That begins at 1.30 p.m. It's a first-come, first-served basis. Uh, so come and get you some uh, Christmas Eve dinner. Amen. I know you're going to be doing a lot of cooking, but maybe you won't have to cook uh, that meal. And then on Christmas Eve at six o'clock, uh, we want you to get around your smart devices, your telephones, your, tel your TVs, uh, and share with us in our virtual Christmas Eve celebration beginning at 6 p.m. Christmas Eve. Amen. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. Listen, there are a few people that I want you to keep in, that we want to keep in prayer in our church family. Brother Lee Ewing is requesting the prayers of the church. Uh, he's going to have some surgery uh, this week. And so we're going to believe that God is certainly continuing to be in the healing business. He is our great healer, our great physician. But keep uh, Brother Ewing in your prayers. Also, keep the Cheatham family in your prayers. They're requesting the prayers of the church as well. Brother Walter Cheatham, amen, doing much better. Uh, but we want to continue to lift up. Uh, the Cheatham family up as well. God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. Your baby boy would one day walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to me? soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm the storm with his Mm-hmm. 
you know that young baby boy is Lord of all creation. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the Won't you join me in a moment of prayer, Father, in the name of Jesus, how grateful, how thankful we are for this day, this day that you have made and given to us. We pray, O oh God, that you open now our hearts and our minds, open our ears that we might hear your word, open, O oh God, our understanding that we might receive the truth therein. Thank you, O oh God, that you dwell with us, you are with us. And God, we bless you now in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, and our Christ. Amen and amen. Won't you join me now in reading God's holy word recorded in the book of Luke, Luke's gospel, Luke chapter number one. And I'm going to skip around just a bit, uh, beginning with verse number 38 and then picking up at verse number 46. Uh, I would, however, ask that you read really all of uh, verses 38 through uh, 55. Uh, but let's read together, beginning with 38. Here you will find these words recorded. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Picking up with verse 46, and Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. I want to preach from the subject this morning, why not me? Why not me? Let, me? let me begin by asking you a question. Have you ever talked yourself out of something? I, I, I don't mean something bad that you shouldn't be doing in the first place, but I mean, have you ever talked yourself out of pursuing something good that you wanted to do? something that you wanted to achieve, something that you wanted to accomplish, but when you looked at it and looked at yourself, you thought that that thing was just too big of a thing, just too much, just too far out of reach, and you talked yourself out of even taking the first step towards it. And the longer you put it off, the more you were at peace with the idea that 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 was, in fact, too much of a thing for you, that those conversations that you could have had were going to be too deep for you to have, that those invitations that had been sent to you were too consequential for you to accept. And so you decided, yes, I'm, I, I'm not going to do it. it it's too much, and, and I'd rather not get myself out there because there's the potential and the possibility, watch this, that I may either fail or embarrass myself. So you just talked yourself out of doing the thing that would have 
set you on pace. You talked yourself out of sending that email or, 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 or filling out that application or, or making that telephone call or sending that text message or scheduling that interview or, or submitting that writing sample and, and you just said, I won't do it. Any of that sound familiar? Or maybe it wasn't you who talked yourself out of it, but it was, there was someone else, someone else whose opinion you appreciate, whose voice uh, has a prominent place in your life. And, and that voice, when you heard it, it, it so permeated your persona that, that, that you decided that, 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 that you wouldn't pursue that thing. Truth of the matter is that you just didn't even want to position yourself where you could be critiqued or worse rejected. You know, as, it, as I begin this, this third sermon in the series, A Very Merry Christmas, let me, let me acknowledge that these have not been the traditional Christmas messages in which we move from Sunday to Sunday, from scene to scene in scriptures until we get to the birth of Christ. I know you haven't heard in this series those traditional songs of Christmas not because there's something wrong with those songs. I love those songs. But, but I think that sometimes that, that we can get so wrapped up in the usual and caught up in the traditional that we rush toward the story that we know and we miss the story that's right in front of us. I think we, we, we're so in a rush to get to the baby at the manger that we forget that Mary Mary has a riveting story to tell. And, and in this text, there is some very necessary work that Mary had to do and some conflicts that she had to resolve and some conversations that she had to have in order to be a part of this miracle. So this morning, I simply want to encourage, I want to encourage someone, someone who's ever had those internal conversations, that internal grappling match where you're trying to decide which way to go and what to do and, and, and you feel like you wanna go forward but there's something inside of you that just keeps pulling you back. I wanna to talk to you and encourage you to do the work, to resolve those internal conflicts, to have the necessary internal dialogues in order that you might free yourself to be used by God in extraordinary ways in the extraordinary ways that God wants to use you. In essence, I want to help you get to the place that where the place where Mary got, where she says, let it be unto me according to your word. In other words, God, if you want to do this in me, then let's do it. Let's, Let's, let's go do this. Why not me? In other words, getting to that willful place of, of submission and acceptance where you say, you know what, God, if you've chosen me, if you favored me, if you've equipped me, then why not me? You know, there have been some pretty extraordinary things to happen this year. Some things that we might have missed because of everything else that's been taking our attention and our focus and even our energy. But there's some wonderful stories that may have gone under the radar. For instance, the first African-American to ever lead a branch of the U.S. military was sworn in this year. General Charles Q. Brown is now the chief of staff for the United States Air Force. And this is the first time that an African-American has ever been at the helm of any single branch of the U.S. military. It's a pretty big thing. Something else happened. The first African-American, Archbishop Wilton Gregory, was named a cardinal in the Catholic Church. And this is the first time in the history of Catholicism that an African-American has been named a cardinal. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big deal. And then, of course, there was this first, the first woman vice president, Kamala Harris. This, this HBCU graduate, African-American woman, is second in line of power in our United States government. And folks, that's a big thing. That's a big moment for our country. It's a big accomplishment for women. It's a big deal for African-Americans because this reminds us, 
that God still uses ordinary people. And let me explain to you. She is ordinary people. I mean, Vice President-elect Harris is not only an HBCU graduate, but she's a member of Third Baptist Church, which is a National Baptist Convention church, one of our churches. Her pastor is Amos Brown. Amos Brown is not from Atlanta. It's not from Memphis. Amos Brown is from Jackson, Mississippi. She is us. And this National Baptist HBCU graduate whose pastor is from Jackson, Mississippi, is vice president of the United States of America. What's my point? That when you have the holy audacity to believe that anything is possible, God can use you to do big things. That's one of the messages that I heard from VP-elect Harris during the campaign when she said the following, quote, there will be people who say to you, you are out of your lane. They are burdened by only having the capacity to see what has always been instead of what can be. But don't let that burden you, end of quote. In other words, don't let what people can't see get in the way of you seeing what God wants to do in you. Don't let what they can't accept get in the way of you accepting how God wants to use you. Don't let what somebody else can't see, believe, or understand get in the way of you seeing, believing, or understanding to be true about God and his will for your life. You must have the holy audacity to believe that anything that God wants to do in you and with you is possible. That's the place where Mary eventually lands, that, that, that God, if you want to do this in me and with me and through me, I got to believe it's possible. And after she initially is troubled, I, we talked about this last week, she initially is troubled by Gabriel's announcement that she was favored by God. After working through the issue of hearing those words and juxtaposing those words with what her reality had been up until that point and what she had been conditioned to believe that her future will be, Mary finally lands at the place of accepting the fact that if God wanted to use her, that she was not going to stand in the way of God. If God wanted to bless her, that she was not going to prevent the blessing from happening. If God wanted to work a miracle through her, that she was not going to talk herself out of it. She was not going to self-sabotage the process or block it from happening. She says, let it be according to your word. In other words, it's okay, God. Let's do this. There have been some things that you Beloved, perhaps have let slip by because you haven't been willing to say, okay, God, let's do this. Some, some things have gotten by you because you haven't gotten to the place of willful submission and say, okay, God, let's do this. But getting to this place, getting to this place of willful submission requires that you've got to do some internal work. You've got to have some conversations with yourself. You've got to get to the place where you believe that you're worthy of God using you. If God was going to use Mary in this big way to do this great thing through her, then the first thing that Mary had to do was, number one, she had to accept her woeful inadequacy as a wonderful opportunity. Listen to me again. She had to accept her woeful inadequacy as a wonderful opportunity. What do you mean, preacher? Listen, when, when Gabriel tells Mary that she would birth Jesus Christ into the world, the first thing that Mary says is, how? How can this be? In, in other words, I hear what you're saying, Gabriel, but, but you don't understand what you're working with. How could this be? I, I hear what God wants to do, but you don't understand what I come to this with. How could this be? There's some prerequisites that I don't have. There's some things that needed to have been done that I have not done. There's some things that should have happened that I have not participated. How could this be? Now, now, now the, the issue that she raises the problem that she raises was a good problem for her to have. She was a virgin, but having been a virgin meant that there were some things that were not in place for her to be a mother. She could not bring a child into the world. And she raises this as an inadequacy, as something that was an impasse to God's purpose. In essence, Mary suggests that what she had not done, watch this, was going to get in the way of God doing what he wanted to do. I'm going to say it again. She suggests that what she had not done 
was going to get in the way of God doing what he wanted to do. She raises the issue of her lack of experience as a reason for why what God wanted to do could not happen in her life. And what she does not realize is that it is this lack of experience that makes her a prime candidate for God's grace. You're not hearing me. It is the lack of experience that makes her a prime candidate for God to use her. Paul puts it like this in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. He says, but he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In other words, what Paul has us to understand is that what we don't have the power to do and what we cannot change and areas where we are specifically weak, those are the exact places and spaces where God shows up strong in our lives. The things that we can't do well, God shows up mighty. The places where we are, are not as good as we think we ought to be, God says, that's where I want to show you my power, my faithfulness, my goodness unto you. You don't have to be this, that, and the other. God says, I want to be what you cannot be. I want to do what you cannot do, which means that if I can rely on God's grace showing up, then I don't have to talk myself out of doing the things that God wants to do in my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, in other words it, it's putting yourself in a place where you realize you don't have to do it all. You don't have to have all the answers. It's, it's what the Bible says, that scripture where it says, not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit. In other words, there's some things that, that are beyond you. It's beyond your ability. It's beyond your experience. Beyond your expertise. And God says, I need for you to understand that you don't know it all. You can't do it all. That there's some things that, that you're going to have to rely not on your power, not on your might, but on my spirit. Or what Paul says, grace. <laughs> yeah, his grace is sufficient. That's where, that's where his grace shows up in my weakness, in my insufficiency, in my inadequacy. That's where his grace shows up. So where my resume is thin, his grace is sufficient. Where my experiences are weak, his grace is sufficient. Wherever I'm lacking, his grace is sufficient. So you can stop raising issues for why God can't do with you what God wants to do. Stop bringing up in your mind what ought to eliminate you and what ought to disqualify you and what's going to keep you out of the running and recognize that your woeful inadequacy is but a wonderful opportunity for God's grace. Can, can I, can I, can I introduce you to somebody? Look, look, look here, this, this, this brother, this is Dr. Cleavon Gilman. Dr. Gilman is an ER doctor in Arizona. He did his residency in New York City. He is on the front lines of emergency Medicine. He's also an Iraq war veteran. Dr. Gilman recently made news because he was fired for speaking out about hospital conditions in Arizona related to the COVID-19 pandemic. He's since been reinstated and he's back in the ER. But, but here's what I find fascinating. In his spare time, Dr. Gilman expresses himself through music, specifically hip-hop music. Here's a quick sample for you to hear for yourself. Can't get it. If you can't breathe, then that means you should get tested. Otherwise, stay inside so you can't spread it. COVID-19's on the rise. It's a pandemic. We are in the dark, cause we're weeks behind the start. Try to scream for a cause with a fever and a cough. Most of the nation is still not taken by chills. But viral shed is stepped in. Almost certainly would die. Laid eyes on the sun. All I heard was a shrill cry inside. Filled with a million tears For a second time my son killed this year It's impossible to clear my mind and rest The way hospitals juxtapose life and death Then but don't break, keep hope in your faith 
Okay, so so he's no Jay-Z, but he's pretty good for an emergency room doctor, right? But but now I want you to listen. I want you to listen. I want you to listen to Dr. Gilman in an interview, in an interview from September of this year. Take a listen. You know, you you know, I'm you know, I'm a quiet code runner because I can't scream and shout stuff. I'm like, all right, everyone. You know, I have to I have to bring it down a notch because um it's hard. I do have blocks. Like I'm not gonna front and say I don't have any blocks, but I'm like, let's get the vital signs. Let's get, let's put the patient on the monitor. Is what we're gonna do. And what what kind of happens in the hospital is that people know what what to expect, and so you you develop a rapport with, with your nurses in the hospital as well, and your you know and your team. I think if anything, having a speech impediment has given me a greater appreciation for um, those who are, you know, underserved or have disabilities. Um, it's taught me to listen before I speak. I mean, there are many times I could have gotten in trouble if I did not have a speech impediment. I had that block and I'm like, I'm glad I didn't say that. <laughs> now that's surprising on a lot of different levels and you should probably listen to the whole interview to hear how he talks about music and words being unlocked through through rhyme and through rhythm. But here's here's the thing that I really want you to consider. Dr. Gilman could have used his speech impediment as a crutch for not excelling. I mean, in, in emergency medicine where split-second decisions not only have to be made but communicated, he could have said, I, I could never make it in that space. But it's in the place of our weakness where God's grace shows up strongest. And, and the things that you can't change or control about yourself, those are not an impasse for God. Moses, Moses tried to talk himself out of being used by God by bringing up the whole stuttering issue. But God didn't let him talk himself out of it, but used him in a big way because of something that he could not change or control. And God provides for Moses. God provides for Dr. Gilman. God provides for Joe Biden by giving them all the same kind of grace because when God wants to use you, your inadequacies are just an opportunity for God to do what he wants to do. So Gabriel tells Mary what would happen when she brings up the issue that she thought would be an impasse. Gabriel says, that's okay, it's not a problem. What you don't have, what you haven't done, that's not an issue. That's not a problem. In fact, here's the reason why it's not a problem. He says, because you will be overshadowed. And that's the second thing. That's the second thing you need to do in order to free yourself to be used by God. Number two, receive the overshadowing presence of the Holy Spirit. Receive the overshadowing presence of the Holy Spirit. Gabriel says to Mary in verse number 35, the angel answered and said unto her, uh, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest, watch this, shall overshadow thee. Can you say that word overshadow? The power of the highest shall overshadow you. Gabriel says, in essence, listen, I hear what you're saying, Mary, about the experiences that you don't have, the things that you haven't done and look like that that might be an impediment in this process. But God, watch this, is going to overshadow you. So that's what's missing won't cause you to miss out. <laughs> so, so that the things that you haven't done won't get in the way of God doing what he wants to do. God, God says through Gabriel in effect, Mary, what you don't have and what you haven't done, that is not a problem. In fact, it's a platform for me to perform by overshadowing you. What you haven't done is but a platform for me to perform my perfect will and purpose in your life. Don't think that you have to do everything. There's something that God says, I've got to do it all by myself. So what you haven't done, God says, that's where I'm going to show up. What you don't have, that's where I'm going to show up. What you cannot change, that's where I'm going to show up. So many times, so many times, we have an issue with this idea of being overshadowed. Because Honestly, we want people to see us. 
We want people to recognize our talent and, and be impressed with our ability. We want, we want people to sing our praises and, and tell us how smart we are and, and how wonderful we are at what we do. And, 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 and we want to heap the praise onto ourselves. And, and, and we have a problem being overshadowed. But, but if you're going to be used big by God, you got to recognize that you can't get the glory. You got to get all right with being overshadowed and get all right with being to the place where it says, you know what, Lord, use me, do what you want to do through me. And in the end, I recognize that it's not about me to you be the glory to you be the praise overshadow me and do what you want through me. And I'll give you the glory. In spite. In spite. Of Mary. God was going to perform the incredible because she was being, watch this, overshadowed. And, would, and it would happen not purely because of her, but partly in spite of her. In spite of her, God would do the miraculous. <laughs> In spite of her, God would perform the incredible. In spite of her, God would do this great thing with her. And those whom the Lord uses in great ways are aware of the fact that he's doing it not because of who they are, but in spite of who, I wish I had a witness in here. In spite of your shortcomings, God uses you. In spite of my failures, God uses me. In spite of your mistakes, he uses you. Is there anybody out there who can testify? There's some things that God God does in spite of me, in spite of my mess-ups, in spite of my mishaps, in spite of my faults and frailties. He uses me, not because of me, but in spite of me. Lord, make us aware of the things that you do for us in spite of us. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let me go a little bit deeper. Here's the thing that you really have to come to grips with in order for God to do big things through you. Here it is. Watch this. That it won't be about you. What God wants to do through you may well involve you and may well turn into a blessing for you. But it ultimately cannot be about you. It must be larger than you and your hopes, you and your goals, you and your agenda, you and your vision, you and your aspirations. It must be larger than you and your dreams, you and your plans, but it must overshadow your outline and take on heaven's agenda. It must overshadow your timeline and take on the kingdom's calendar. It must overshadow your aspirations and become a sovereignly appointed assignment. And here's why. Because when it's about you, it has a short shelf life. But when it's not about you, it has eternal implications. When it's about you, it has temporary implications. But when it's not about you, it reaches into eternity. When it overshadows you, that's when it goes beyond what you could have imagined. Its impact is greater than you could have calculated. Its reach is further than you ever anticipated because it has overshadowed you. That's why Gabriel follows that statement up by saying, therefore, the child to be born will be called holy. The son, let, me, let, me, let me go just a little bit deeper with this. He says, he says, says the, the child, watch this, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. Listen to that, y'all. He says, Mary, Mary, listen, Mary, um, God has favored you. God has chosen you. Uh, you are blessed among women. Watch this. But Gabriel says, but now the child, <laughs> the child to be born to you, he will be called holy, the son of God. Watch this. You're favored, but the child, good God Almighty, the child is holy. Son of God. In other words, Mary, 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 the, the child that, that, that you will bring forth is not just a beautiful baby boy for you and Joseph to enjoy, but he is the holy son of God sent to save the world. And his purpose, watch this, will overshadow yours. 
Are you hearing me? His mission, you, you've been chosen for a great mission, but his mission will overshadow you. His assignment will overshadow you. And hear me today, if you're going to be used by God in big ways, you've got to know and be all right with the fact that there will come a season when you will be overshadowed. Who am I talking to in here? Sure, sure, your, your work was groundbreaking for the time that it was in, but, but eventually it will be overshadowed. Your ministry was monumental for the season you served, but eventually it will be overshadowed. Your contribution to your craft and to your profession may be substantial right now, but the season will come when it will be overshadowed. And being used by God in big ways means that you don't have to stay up front all the time. It means that you know when your season has come and when your season has gone and you're okay with fading to the background hear me and hear me well while it's your season live in the fullness of your season do everything you can to the goodness and the glory of God leave no stone unturned with all that God has given you to do but know that eventually you will be overshadowed I mean listen listen you ought to die empty that, that means you've given yourself everything that you have to the people that God has given you. You've given all that you can to your profession, to your craft. You poured out yourself as a drink offering unto the Lord. You ought to die empty. But don't be afraid of being overshadowed. Overshadowed by your successor. Overshadowed by who's coming up after you. Overshadowed by who's up next to bat. Overshadowed by the next recruit. Those whom God uses in extraordinary ways knows and appreciates when seasons change and are not intimidated by those whose season are on the horizon, but rather help to usher them into theirs. Moses was not intimidated by Joshua. He ushered him into his season. Elijah was not intimidated by Elisha. He ushered him into his season. David was not intimidated by Solomon. He ushered him into his season. John was not intimidated by Jesus. He ushered him into his season. Paul was not intimidated by Timothy. Timothy. He ushered him into his season. And they learned to live with being overshadowed, knowing that God had used them in their season finally finally if you're going to free yourself to be used by God in big ways you must learn how to point your praise to the father after Mary after Mary has the internal dialogue with herself after she has the affirming conversation with her cousin Elizabeth Mary breaks out in a song of praise you heard it we call it the Magnificat begins with verse number 46 Mary says my soul doth magnify the Lord and says and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant for behold from now on all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name Mary Mary, Mary gets the message, Mary gets the news, Mary has the internal conversation with herself and gets okay with being used by God and Mary breaks out into praise. My soul doth magnify the Lord. She says, when I think about how God has blessed me and is using me, my soul magnifies the Lord. When I think about how God has chosen me from my humble estate, my soul magnifies the Lord. When I think about where he picked me up from and, and, and all that he did to turn my life around, my soul magnifies the Lord, Mary says. And here's why. Here's why she says, here's why my soul magnifies the Lord. Here's why. Did you get it? She says, because he looked on the humble estate <laughs> of his servant. In other words, Mary says, he didn't forget about me. She, she, she says, she says I, I was just a poor peasant girl, but he didn't forget about me. I, 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 
the best I thought I was going to ever do was get married and have some children, but he didn't forget about me. I, I thought that I was going to have to learn how to love somebody that my family picked out for me to marry, but God didn't forget about me. He looked at his humble servant. Is there anybody out there this morning that can say God didn't forget about me? I, I, did, I didn't have much. I didn't come from much, but God didn't forget about me. I, I thought I was going to be do this and, and have limited opportunities, but God didn't forget about me. I thought my life was already scheduled and, and this was going to be the end, but God opened some doors for me. God made some ways for me. God fought some battles for me. God put me on some folks' minds. God didn't forget about me. So many, so many reasons, so many reasons why we can bless the Lord. But I think Mary summed it up well when she says, he who is mighty has done great things for me. He who is mighty has done great things, great things. He has done great things for me. done great things for me God has done so many great things for you and for me God sent his only begotten son into this world to die so that you and I might be saved oh he's done some great things for us. He woke you up this morning. Clothed, we say in the church, and in our right minds. All that means is you know what today is. You know what your name is. And don't take those things for granted because, hear me, it didn't have to be that way. But God has done great things for us. If you listen this morning and, and you have yet to do the greatest thing that you can do for him, I want to share with you what that is. It's giving your life, giving your heart to the Lord. God sent his son to die on an old rugged cross for the sins of humanity. You and I, we're sinners. Born into sin. There's nothing you could do about it except give your life to Christ because the blood, the sacrificial blood of Jesus has cleansing power. It washes away our sin. It makes us new creatures in Christ and our old lives are passed away. Listen, if you're wondering how to celebrate Christmas this year, and you haven't given your life to Christ, that's the best gift you can ever give. But if you're ready to do that, since God gave you his best, why don't you give him yours right now? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you my heart. Come into my life. Make me a new creature in Christ. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And I believe he rose again from the dead. And right now, I accept him as Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to call the number that's on your screen right now. Don't delay. Do it right now. Why? Because there's somebody who wants to follow up with you and continue to pray for you and pray with you and show you how to live your new life in Christ. That person wants to speak with you and, and, and find out if you want to be connected with K Chapel and be a member of K Chapel. You can do that right now by calling that number. Call it right now. You've already prayed a prayer of faith. Now take a step of faith and be a part of K Chapel. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. Listen, beloved, there are so many things that that we have seen this year, bad and good, 
But I'm absolutely convinced of this. That God is still doing great and awesome things each and every day. And I believe this. That as we end 2020 and begin a new year in just a few weeks. That we will see God do some great and awesome things in this new year. I pray that you open yourself up to letting God use you in some extraordinary ways to do big things to the glory of God. Now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Thank <laughs> you.